hey everyone it's that time where we read ads that is different than the ads at the end of our episode which are not read by us this podcast is sponsored by podbeam podbeam is the easiest way to create your own podcast we use podbeam to host classic gaming brothers download the free podbeam podcast app to start record and publish your very own podcast in minutes podbeam provides everything you need to run your podcast and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone download the free podbeam app today that's p-o-d-b-e a-N. Head on over to Podbeam at www.podbeam.com for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. Are you feeling powerless and bored with your life? Then you need the Chaos Emeralds, the ultimate source of unlimited energy and miraculous abilities. With the Chaos Emeralds, you can do anything you want from saving the world to conquering it. Call now and order your Chaos Emeralds today for only $999.99 each. That's right, only $999.99 each, plus shipping and handling. This offer is valid for a limited time only, so act fast. Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach. And I'm Seth. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. We are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. Do we have any notes? From who? In general. No? I don't know. Like, uh, from producer Doug, did he send us any uh, faxes or uh, messenger birds? I got a note here. Um, It's from uh, National Grid. Says that the uh, bill is due again. It's a pink pink form. I know exactly where to file that. And let's see. Uh, notes from producer Doug. He needs some more cigars. Oh yeah, you can you can respond to that and say we have plenty in the cigar room. He's staring at you. You can you can reply to him yourself. I'm, sca- I'm scared of him. <laughs> oh okay. Well, he heard you since he monitors the mics. Anyway, Seth, what have you been recently playing? So recently I've been playing a game. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. Uh, it's called Factorio. It was developed and published by Wubi Software, and that's W-B-E Software. Uh, and it was released back in August 14th of 2020. I think it was an early access before then, but I think the full release was on, on, in 2020. Uh, anyway, Factorio is a game about building, creating automated factories to create items. And it gets compli- more complicated as the more items you create. The world is a an infinite 2D world that's randomly generated based on a seed, and you just kind of have to use your brain to design your uh, factory to make sure that everything kind of uh, works in all you know fires in all pistons. And the objective is to eventually get to a rocket to shoot off to the moon, or at least get back home because you crash land on your this planet. The game is a lot of fun. Uh, I usually play it with my friend Ryan, who is a friend of the show and he's the one that plays the we were here games with me but sometimes we play factorio and what's fun with when i play with ryan is that ryan is very logical and is very good with setting things up and making order out of chaos and i'm 
I'm very good at uh, the chaos. So when I play by myself, which is what I'm doing right now, uh, it's... <laughs> It's just chaos. And I'm surprised that things get to the factories on time um, and things constantly run out. I have to fix things, build paths, redo paths, and you use like these moving paths. It's kind of like if you've played Satisfactory, except not 3D. And if you're wondering what Satisfactory is, it's kind of like Factorio, except 3D. It's a one of those uh, brain thinking puzzle games that uses logics. So you can actually build pretty complex devices in it. I think you can even build like computer types of you it's kind of like Minecraft where they have like logic gates and whenever you introduce like logic gates and stuff like that you can generally then recreate computers because that's all computers are just logic gates so there is the ability to like really truly automate your factory I am just happy that I have a train and it shows up on time and vaguely does what it's supposed to do which is get oil and water from two different sources and then I'm able to create batteries I haven't decided what I'm doing with those batteries but I made a bunch of them and I don't know if it's necessarily a great use of my resources but that's how life is sometimes you just need to make a bunch of batteries but yeah it's factorio it's a great little game and i recommend it fully i uh, played on my steam deck too along with playing on my computer i prefer playing it on the computer but it is it's certainly playable on my steam deck and i can install it and play it so i can play factorio wherever i desire which is great uh so zach what have you been recently been playing Seth, recently I've been playing Stronghold HD. Did we do a Stronghold episode? Oh, maybe we did. I don't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we did do a Stronghold episode, but if we didn't, spoiler alert. <laughs> maybe it's time to revisit Stronghold, because it probably was a while. Didn't we talk about Stronghold with Dad? <laughs> no, yeah, but that was a Dad episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have talked about Stronghold with Dad, but we did interview Dad about Stronghold. Yeah. But I did like that Stronghold had a calendar embedded in it, as most yeah. games have calendars, uh, to keep track of what day it is and what yep. time it is and all that. And Stronghold knew certain holidays. So when you walked in during Christmas, it would it would enter and the game would say, Merry Christmas, my liege. Now, the original Stronghold did come out back in 2000, and uh, it is uh, one of our dad's favorite games. So that's how I was originally introduced to it. However, I've been playing the HD version that came out in 2013. And is the version available on Steam. Um, that is not the definitive edition. There is a definitive edition version of the game also available on Steam that came out in 2023. The definitive edition is like not just HD, but also has all the DLC and stuff. Uh, Stronghold is a real-time strategy game similar to other RTS games of the era. But a major exception is that Stronghold plays a bit more, I would say, with realism to it, where Whereas like Warcraft has orcs and humans and the gameplay is not necessarily true to what like archers would be doing at the time or Command and Conquer has time travel in it or Starcraft has space marines. Stronghold is definitively set in the Middle Ages and everything is very Middle Ages. So like if your people aren't working, they are waiting for work and are not paying their taxes. If your people are hungry, it's because you don't have any farms and they need to have farms to have food. Um, so there's a lot of different factors involved in how to keep your people happy. Um, there are a couple different modes of the game you can play. Um, so there is a attack mode where you have to storm a castle. This version is always very fun to play because you get to have this like massive army of like crossbowmen and archers and pikemen. You just go marching toward a base and you watch them all get wiped out by uh, tar pits. Uh, and then there's the defense mode, which is equally fun to play because you have an army of people coming at you. And if you uh, have 
have a ground that's full of pitch, you can light the pitch on fire and watch all of those people catch on fire. <laughs> I, however, was playing the economy mode. Economy mode is something uh, kind of unique to Stronghold, and I wish more games had this kind of mode for an RTS game. So what economy mode does is it allows you to build up your town without worrying about defending it from anyone. It's literally about keeping a steady economy, keeping your people happy, keeping them employed, and doing things to make your town a successful economy. Um, this can mean making sure you have a certain number of farms, making sure you have a certain number of breweries, making sure you have a certain number of taverns, making sure you have a certain number of churches so people get married so the population increases. It's a very relaxing way to play Stronghold, and um, I think it was always a fun way to play the game going from like a defense mode or an attack mode and then taking a break and playing the economy mode, you know, just relaxing a little bit. It also helps you become familiar with some of the core basics of the game in terms of how the economy works. So that's what I've been playing. I've been playing the economy mode of Stronghold HD and people in my town are typically happy because my granary stocks are flowing, sire. Now to get into today's topic, uh, we're kind of covering a couple of games in this series, but we're going to focus a bit more on one game and then kind of talk a bit more about the sequels and so on. But we're talking about everyone's favorite Blue Bomber, Mega Man. Um, Seth, do you have any memories of Mega Man? Yeah, I mean, I, I have memories uh, recently as I was uh, recently, you've assigned, you've assigned me with a bunch of Mega Mans to play. Oh yeah, some good ones and some bad ones. I definitely also have some memories of Mega Man being one of those games where people had and owned but because Mega Man was a singular player game uh we didn't always play it because if I was over a friend's house or something we would probably be playing multiplayer games and I don't think we owned Mega Man ever I don't know if we ever got it because it, it wasn't it was primarily it was not not really a Genesis release was it did it have Genesis versions it was exclusive to Sega Channel oh yeah so which we didn't have and we didn't get an NES or a, well we had an NES but we didn't have a lot of games for it and I, I do not think we ever got an SNES and then we had an N64 which, but I think like I've gone back and played through like Mega Man X and the various different Mega Man games I like them I think they're fun I didn't grow up playing them as evident by me just explaining that we really didn't have it uh, so I don't have nostalgia for it but I, I I feel like they're competent games and they're fun to play yeah I certainly remember we had family friends who had Mega Man X I think it was X3 um, that I remember playing sometimes uh, on their Super Nintendo. And also, when we got an N64, we got Mega Man 64, which I remember playing. Mega Man 64, though, is a like 3D action game, and it's very different than the rest of the Mega Man games, and it's a whole different thing. Um, but I do remember that, at least. Now, to get into the history of Mega Man, we previously covered Capcom in uh, some previous episodes. We talked about Capcom a bit in our Street Fighter episode and also a bit in our Resident Evil episode. But to remind everyone, Capcom was founded in 1979 by Kenzo Sujimoto as IRM Corporation. IRM would create a subsidiary called Capsule Computers, and both companies would develop and sell electronic games. By the 1980s, they had started to migrate into the world of video games, and they would change their name to Capcom, which came from Capsule Computers, Capcom. And Capsule Computers was also a term that the company used to refer to arcade machines in order to distinguish them from home computers, which I think is a fun little thing because they would like, our arcade machines are Capsule 
computers because they're in boxes. You know what's fun about Capcom? I think I have more memories for Capcom regarding like Street Fighter games. Yeah, I mean, well, we had Street Fighter first. Yeah, the Sega Genesis. I associate the Capcom like logo and the all that stuff to like more like Street Fighter type games. Yeah. Now through the 1980s, Capcom was primarily focused on arcade titles like 1942, Ghosts and Goblins, and Commando. All great games. They were also bringing these games over to the home console, and thus they had tapped into the home video game market. Capcom, however, did not want to be boxed in into doing this routine. They didn't want to be putting out an arcade game and then porting it. They wanted to do something original, something unique to them for the NES. At the time, Capcom had recently hired the artist KJ Inafune, who had just finished college, to help them with their fighting game, Street Fighter. Inafune was later moved to work on a new project with a team of six other people, which was going to be called Rockman. Now, Rockman was intended to be a character similar to Astro Boy, uh, and the series shares a lot of similarities to Astro Boy. And at this time, Astro Boy was pretty popular. And the series shares a lot of similarities to Astro Boy in terms of the characters and storylines. Both feature a child robot who was created by a friendly scientist. Both feature rival robots that often fight the main character. And both have a rival scientist to the friendly scientist who serves as an antagonist. The name of the game, Rockman, came from rock and roll, which is reflected in the fact that Rockman himself has a sister named Roll. And another driving force behind development of the game was the concept of rock, paper, scissors, in that each boss can be easily defeated by using a specific weapon, but you may have trouble stopping the bosses using other weapons, and this was done to broaden the gameplay while keeping things overall simple. But it's also something that will eventually be seen in Mega Man games, and be a kind of a theme in regards to Mega Man games, where even though most Mega Man games have the ability to go start with any boss, you Usually there is an ideal playthrough. The music in the game of Rockman uh, would be done by uh, Manami Matsuma. Matsuma would also go to work on Mega Man 2, which arguably has one of the best songs in any NES game ever. That's a good song. Inafune would come up with the game's characters, enemies, box art, and logo, and also be responsible for the pixel art in the game. Just, just a lot of design there. The US, however, would not initially get to see his original box art because the version we got is bad. Uh, instead of an anime-like robot boy, the American box art features a somewhat realistic man wearing a blue and yellow suit and holding a handgun. So the Japanese release looks like a cartoon. It, it's got like this cartoony box. It's fun. It's got Rockman, who would eventually become Mega Man, in the middle of all of the other bad guys. There's like Scissor Man and all, all sorts of fun cartoon pictures. The American box art is just like cursed looking. It looks like AI generated it. It really like it looks like cursed AI generated it. It is bad. Yeah, no, it's... it's- it's ugly and it's terrible. And uh, Mega Man consistently had bad artwork for a while in North America. To be honest, though, I wouldn't be able to draw what was drawn for the North American release. However, in that same vein, I don't sell myself as someone who could draw. 
<laughs> what the American release was. Man, I feel like though, when you look at the art for the American release, they definitely like contacted an artist and were like, Can you draw us a guy in a blue suit who shoots bad guys? And that person was like, Absolutely. And then drew that, gave it to Capcom, and Capcom said, Print it. It was literally they typed in the uh the AI prompter. <laughs> yeah. The, blue that man. basic description. Yeah. <laughs> blue man shoots bad robots. And then the AI generated the first image and Capcom said, Yep, that's good enough. Another change that Americans would get is in, of course, the name of the game, as we've been referring to the Japanese version as Rockman. Americans, of course, got Mega Man. Reportedly, the change came because Capcom's senior vice president, Joseph Morici, didn't like the name Rockman, even being quoted as saying, that title was horrible. Other people have gone on to theorize that the reason they changed it might be because they felt that the name Rockman didn't easily translate, right? So, like, Rockman is obviously a reference to rock and roll, but there's no really music stuff going on in the game. I mean, there's good music, but there's no... Big Man's not like a rock and roll guy. He's a robot. So um, some people think that maybe Capcom was also changing it to, like, have a consistency in terms of marketing the game. Right. However, I like Joseph Morici's reason, as this name is horrible. However, there is an enemy that... He he is scissors. So like rock if scissors. Rock yeah, cut and scissors and paper. Is there a uh, is there a, there's, paper man. There's, there's not a paper man though. So there's it's paper literally boy. just <laughs> Yeah, but he's not in this game. And if he no. was uh, but yeah, so like it would make sense if like I don't know, if there was like a paper man or something, and then they could have done the rock, paper, scissors type of play on it. Rockman slash Mega Man would release in December of 1987 in Japan and North America and Europe also the same year. A sequel, Mega Man 2, would quickly follow in 1988. Reportedly, the sequel was contentiously developed at Capcom, as the producer, Takoro Fujiwara, did not want to make a second game. In order to get the game developed, the director, Roy Ozaki, went to the Capcom vice president and said, can I make this game? And the vice president said, yes. So even though the producer did not want to make the game, they still made the game. And from then, it was approved, and they got to work on it. Yeah, and I think it should be noted that, and I think we'll talk about this in the the numbers part, Mega Man was a well-received game, but it didn't sell well. To the point where the people who had to work on Mega Man 2 had to do it as like a part-time thing. They had to also do other projects. They couldn't just work on Mega Man 2. They had no... Capcom kind of wanted to get it done, but they didn't really like... It wasn't a priority for them because, again, as you mentioned, the first game didn't sell that well. So Yeah, it didn't sell well. The producer didn't want to make it, but the director, Roy, really wanted to make it. And I guess probably because of his relationship or his involvement with the higher ups, probably was like, okay, fine, we'll let you do this, but also get other work done. Inafune was put uh, in as the artist on the sequel and would also take on a more of a role in other parts of the game development as he was in his second year. According to Inafune, the project opened a whole new world of stress for him because it sounds like that they uh, overburdened all their people and gave them increasing levels of responsibility without actually uh, adding uh, additional staff. Also, this was the second year of his vers- first job out of college, so <laughs> he oh, probably was nice. also quickly burning out. <laughs> That's fair. 
there was uh, cut content from the first game, like certain enemies and traps were uh, just brought into the second game, which makes making life easy because you could just grab the stuff that we didn't do the first time and just do it the second time. Another way to come up with ideas was Capcom was getting fans of the first game to send in submissions for bosses, and they received 8,370 suggestions, and they would go through those suggestions to get down to eight. I would love to see if they got suggestions nowadays. We're making a new bit Mega Man game. Give, please give us boss suggestions. 10 million um can you think about uh, think about this for a second they get so they got eight out of 8370 i bet you they didn't throw out all the rest of those and they probably kept them in a filing cabinet and as we'll talk about Mega Man had a buttload of sequels so they probably just walked over to that filing cabinet and were like hmm ah yes buttsman will be the next person that Mega Man fights (laughs) would love to know out of 8370 suggestions i'm hoping and they probably were mailed in how many paper copies were dick jokes (laughs) (laughs) i I hope most of them we got 8370 suggestions and 8000 of them are inappropriate (laughs) that would reinforce my faith in humanity if that was the case yeah now mega man 2 would go on to release september 28th 1988 uh it would also go on to be a massive hit and really mega man 2 was what really helped pave the way for future games uh mega man 3 coming out in 1990 mega man 4 in 1991 mega man 5 in 1992 and mega man 6 in 1993 all on the nes yeah they saturated the nes with mega man games so if you are like yeah i want to play mega man but i really don't particularly like the nes i want to play it on the snes you have to go to mega man 7 to play a mega man game when it would finally go from nes to snes uh mega man 7 would go on to release on the snes in 1995 and the next game mega man Eight would jump from the SNES to the PlayStation 1 and the Sega Saturn, and it would also feature FMV animated sequences that are hilariously poorly dubbed. I don't know where this energy came from, but you cannot let it fall into Dr. Wowie's hands. <laughs> you must recover all the energy immediately, Mega Man. But where is Dr. Wiley? That's a good question. We may be able to locate another energy emission from the radar room. When we find that media, we'll find Dr. Wowie. But so you have like one game on the SNES. At this time, all the rest are on the NES or the Sega Saturn and PlayStation 1. Now, in terms of the plot of Mega Man, uh, I'll talk about the plot of Mega Man 1. To be honest, most of the plots of the other Mega Man games follow the like similar plot structure. Uh, Mega Man is set in the year 20XX, uh, which is a clever way of Capcom saying it's in the near future, but we don't want to tell you the date. In this time, robots are everywhere, being frequently used in homes and businesses. A majority of robots are designed by the kind and gentle Dr. Thomas Light. When robots begin attacking people, however, Dr. Light believes that the attacks are being orchestrated by his old rival, Dr. Albert Wiley. Light converts his robot helper, Rock, into a combat robot and sends him off to fight Dr. Wiley's robot masters, Cut Man, Guts Man, Ice Man, Bomb Man, Fire Man, and Elec Man. Oh man, Bomb Man. Let's talk about Bomb Man real quick. All these other guys, you ha- they have like, the- their-, their name implies their power. So like Cut Man, he has literally scissors on his head, which arguably... I think out of most of them, probably up there, top tier for crappy power that you got attached to. 
because then you have like Iceman who's like shooting ice and Fireman shooting fire. Electman is shooting electoral ballots or I mean electricity. Gutsman, I don't know. I don't even want to think about what he's doing. And then you have Bomb Man. I'm guessing his power is that he explodes. <laughs> no, he chucks bombs. <laughs> oh, he chucks bombs. I thought he just exploded and be like, man, I've got one power. <laughs> I can only use it once. I gotta use it. I gotta use it. And then he just explodes and Mega Man's like, I wasn't even in the room. Yep. And it's like, boop, 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 boop. You beat Bob Man. And Mega Man's like, I don't want that power. A, f- a fun thing to note about Dr. Light and Dr. Wily is that Dr. Light, his name is Thomas Light. And that is a reference likely to Thomas Edison. And Dr. Wily, Albert Wily, is kind of a reference to Albert Einstein. And for some reason, they made Thomas Edison's character the really nice one, which I think oh, is hilarious. Wrong. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if anyone's confused about history, Thomas Edison is an asshole. (laughs) Right. Which, funny enough, the American version of the plot kind of catches on to. The American version has it so that Dr. Wily is Dr. Light's former assistant, and they both created Mega Man. However, after creating Mega Man, Dr. Light takes all the credit, and Dr. Wily gets jealous, and then he turns the Robot Masters on to everyone else. That is more accurate. That's something that Thomas Edison would definitely have done. (laughs) is take oh, credit yeah. for other people's work. Now, the sequels would expand on these plots uh, with Mega Man going against even more robot masters, and they would also start introducing other characters such as Mega Man's robot dog, Rush. Um, and the character of Roll starts becoming uh, more of a central character in the later games. Mega Man, and pretty much all of the Mega Man games, are platformers. Arguably very difficult platformers, at least the original NES versions, and then even some of the other games that come out um, have some difficulty curve. You play as the titular Mega Man, and you fight through various robots to get to a specific boss known as the Robot Master. After you defeat the boss, you gain that boss's ability, which can be used in the rest of the game, though you have limited ammunition. Some bosses, as mentioned, are more weak to certain weapons. The game can also be played in a non-linear fashion. Um, When you start the game, you'll have like a a selection screen of all the faces of the different Robot Masters, and you pick the one you want to fight. Once you do that, you enter their stage. It's centric to that particular robot master you play through it you fight the robot master you get the ability you go to the next this does allow though for the game to be played in some creative ways as you can kind of cater your playthrough based on what weapons you want to collect first the later games would start to introduce new move sets such as sliding being able to charge your weapon they also introduced the use of rush Mega Man's dog as an assist item that you could summon and you could use rush to for example get to higher places by using a spring in his back after you defeat the six robot masters in the original game, you must then go against Dr. Wily himself by going through his factory. And then you go through the factory, you fight all the robot masters again, and then you do a final battle with Dr. Wily. Throughout the game, you can pick up extra lives, health pickups, and ammunition for your weapons. And again, Mega Man stages can be tough. Mega Man as a character moves actually pretty slowly, and he can only really shoot in one direction. They didn't add, like, directional shooting until the later games. Uh, And in the very original game, he's really not that mobile. Uh, He can't slide, and his jump is not great, to be honest. Another downside is also when you take a hit, you will be knocked back, which can be very frustrating, especially on levels that have pits, as you might get hit and get thrown into the pit. Um, And if you fall into a pit, you insta-die. Enemies also respawn pretty frequently, so you can be easily overwhelmed if you're not careful and you're not good with your timing. Now, Mega Man was very well-received as a whole. While exact sales numbers uh, were hard to find for the first game, it is reported that it had relatively low sales 
uh, in comparison to future titles, as we discussed earlier. Capcom reports that the entire series has sold upwards of $41 million as of 2023, but this also encompasses a lot of games, as you'll learn in the legacy, and more than we've already talked about. We've already mentioned like eight of them. There's more. Initial reviews were very kind, with the publication All Game calling the game a near-perfect blend of action challenge and an audio-visual excellence. Famitsu would give the game four out of five stars, and the game's machine gave the game an 83%. The game's machine would later award the game a star player award, and it would also rank number 20 in top 100 Nintendo games of all times from Nintendo Power in 1997. Mega Man would win the 1990 Golden Joystick Award for the best console game of the year, 8-Bit. Yeah, they did that because 16-Bit games were also out. Now, in terms of criticism, a Mega Man has been blamed for giving the birth of the idea of Nintendo Hard, and further games of the series would not stray away from this. They, in fact, embraced it. They liked being hard, but it was so fun, and the artwork is so great, and then you die. Mega Man 2 would sell very well, with 1.5 million copies being sold worldwide. Mega Man 3 would also sell well, reaching about 1 million units. Later games continued to do well, but criticism was often put toward the fact that they would not really change much in terms of gameplay or storytelling, with one review of Mega Man 5 saying, Deja Vu all over again for Disciples of the Series. Yeah. Yeah, which makes sense, because they made so many every year, and a lot of them were on the NES, so I imagine there was some similarity between between the gameplay. I'm also going to be honest with you. I'm not a super diehard Mega Man fan. I love Mega Man 2. Like I've played Mega Man 1 a few times. I like Mega Man X. If you showed me a screenshot from Mega Man 1 through 6 and asked me to figure out which one goes in which place, I would not be able to help you. Those games look identical to each other. (laughs) Now, speaking of the further games, there are a buttload of them. In total, there are over 130 different Mega Man games, which span a variety of series and spinoffs. Of this 130, this includes 31 games in the Mega Man original series, which spans from 1987 with the original Mega Man to 2018 with the release of Mega Man 11. Now, I know what you're thinking, Zach. 1 through 11, does not equal 31. Well, there are spin-offs within the Mega Man original series that include Mega Man and Base, Mega Man Soccer, Mega Man Power Fighter. There's all these different sub Mega Man games that are just in the original series separate from the other series that follow. It should be noted though, there was a significant space between Mega Man 8 and Mega Man 9. Uh, Mega Man 8 was released in 1996 for the PS1 and Saturn. Mega Man 9 was released in 2008 for WiiWare, PSN, and XBLA. Mega Man 9 and 10 were also significant in that they saw a return of the original 8-bit art style. Beyond the quote-unquote original series for Mega Man, Capcom still churns out Mega Man games of other types. There were, as mentioned, 130 total games. So there are also 14 games that are part of the Mega Man X series, which started out on the Super Nintendo. And we could talk about Mega Man X in a standalone episode because it's a whole separate type of game and it's amazing. Yeah. And there's more Mega Man X series on the SNES than there are regular Mega Man games. Because there's only one Mega Man game, but actually there's the Mega Man X series, which has a good portion of their series on the SNES. There are also six games in the Mega Man Zero slash ZX series, three games that are part of Mega Man Legends. Uh, One of these is Mega Man 64. It's just called Mega Man Legends on PS1. 14 games in the Battle Network slash Star Force series, and a variety of other spinoffs, collections, mobile phone games, and re-releases. An interesting 
re-release that was done is the original three games were re-released for the Sega Genesis as part as part of the sought-after Wily Wars in 1994, which features remakes of Mega Man 1 through 3. As discussed in our Sega Channel episode, the Wily Wars did receive a cartridge, but only in Europe and Japan. In North America, it was exclusive to the Sega Channel, which is why it's a sought-after cartridge. <laughs> but keeps it from being lost media. Various games have also come out that have been heavily inspired by Mega Man, with the most infamous being Mighty Number no. 9, created by Kiji Inafune. Mighty Number no. 9 gained some notoriety for the length of time that took to be developed. A Kickstarter campaign launched in 2013, and it was released in 2016. Now, there was issues with backer rewards not being met, and overall the game just being kind of bad. Mighty Number no. 9, however, does have the world record for longest credit sequence, as it lists 67,226 backers and it takes three hours and 48 minutes to sit through it all just to find your name and then you can go good escape and then it says no escape mega man is also featured in other video game properties such as the marvel vs. capcom games and super smash brothers for nintendo 3ds and wii u he has also had the fortune of being a character in captain n the game master where he has the worst voice that has ever been given to a cartoon character ever He was also the star of his own Mega Man Saturday morning cartoon produced by Ruby Spears Productions, which ran from 1994 to 1995. Mega Man has also had a few mangas based on his adventures, an OVA film, a live action fan film, and an Archie comic series that crossed over with the Sonic the Hedgehog comic series, because why not? He's great. The Little Blue Bomber continues to be in our hearts and minds and is one of those properties that just has staying power. Yeah, though there was a period of time where Capcom did just not release many Mega Man things so they have put out some stuff recently Mega Man 11 obviously came out in 2018 and they've put out some like collections and stuff that have been out for the PS4 and PS5 and they also put out um some games that are part of what's called Mega Man X Dive which is a uh game for mobile uh systems and that those came out in 2020 and 2023 so there's still some Mega Man out there so that will be our Mega Man episode Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed that, and if anyone has any memories of Mega Man, they can, of course, let us know. But we're going to get into our retro rewind. Seth had me play The Adventures of Down Under Dan. It's a tough little adventure game, originally released in 1995 by Power Vision in Guildsoft Games. It's one of those adventure games where if you do something wrong, you die. For example, I pressed a button and ejected myself from a plane immediately when I started the game. When I reset the game, I went to the back of the plane and opened a door, and I fell out of the plane. I then finally realized I needed to get the parachute. When I used it, I got hit by a pelican and died so i was three for three and i said all right (laughs) and uh that's the game now there's more to it you uh, eventually do find a way to land and you go through australia it has some weird humor like for example in the beginning of the game your character is just sitting there flying an airplane you can't do anything until you turn on the autopilot which i had to figure out while you're sitting there not doing anything you can look around and when you look around your character will be like i see nothing out there like the heart of a politician (laughs) (laughs) and he also says this with a very stereotypical australian accent as apparently the character is supposed to be kind of a satire of like crocodile dundee 
and, and such. It's a goofy game. It also has photorealistic graphics, which was odd. Overall, it does hold up if you like that style of adventure game. So if you don't mind games that will kill you a lot, then sure, give it give it a try. Uh, one of the game's hints is be sure to save, and I uh, I agree. Next week, Seth, you can play Ah Real Monsters for the Super Nintendo. Great. Zach had me play Sonic 3D Blast for the Sega Genesis, which was developed by Traveler's Tales and published by Sega and released for the Sega Genesis. Uh, it also eventually would come to the Sega Saturn and Windows. Funny enough, I played the Sega Genesis version on my Windows computer using the Sega Mega Drive and Genesis Classics game available on Steam. So I was playing the Sega game on Windows, which is just fun. Sonic 3D Blast was released back in 1996. You play as Sonic the Hedgehog and you have to go around and save Flickies, who have been turned into robots and then you take said flickies and and save them and eventually defeat dr robotnik the game is similar ish to other sonic type games with the fast movement and jumping on enemies but instead of side scrolling the game is it's in a 2d isometric with pre-rendered 3d models that are converted into sprites uh the game looks 3d however and says that it's 3d however the game doesn't actually use 3d assets interestingly enough the company traveler's tales who developed this game just finished up wrapping up with developing another game that used similar style graphics toy story for the sega genesis and they were stoked about the new generation of games since they're pushing the hardware of the sega genesis with toy story they really wanted to develop something for the saturn and the playstation and sega came to them and they said all right we're super excited that you're coming with us what do you have for us to do we're really we really want to make something for the saturn and sega said oh no we want you to make a game but not for the saturn we want you to make a game for the genesis and they were very disappointed and then sega said oh it's gonna be sonic the hedgehog though and traveler's tale says well we'll make an exception for him <laughs> Because ultimately, Sonic's a great IP. Sonic 3D Blast may not be the best Sonic game on the Sega Genesis, but it is a quality Sonic the Hedgehog game, and they go down in history with being associated with that franchise. Anyway, it is a blast of a game, uh, and definitely holds up today um, once you get used to the change in perspective. As I said, uh, if you're more a fan of the traditional Sonic, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, uh, Sonic 1, definitely Sonic 3 and 2 are probably the superior Sonic games for the Sonic experience, but uh, I think Sonic 3D Blast is a fine Sonic game, and definitely in the ranking of Sonics, I would probably put it up right right around Sonic 1, definitely over Spinball, and yeah, I'd probably put like 2 and 3, and then Sonic 3D Blast, and then Sonic 1, and then Sonic Spinball. Next week, Zach, you could play Family Dog for the SNES. I'm sure I'm going to love that game because I love all Super Nintendo games. Well, that will do it for today's episode. Thank you everyone for listening. If anyone has any memories of Mega Man, be sure to email us at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Classic Gaming Brothers, Instagram, Classic Gaming Brothers, X, CG Brothers Pod, Blue Sky, CG Brothers Pod. We're also on Threads, Classic Gaming Brothers. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, for example, Podbean. Check us out on Podbean. Podbean's great. And with that, Seth, am I forgetting anything? Don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Seth. And I've been Zach. And we've been the classic gaming brothers. That's... That's right. That's right.